We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Ryan, let's move over to the defense now. Let's let's dive into the Notre Dame defense against the Marshall offense. We'll start off with the scoring units. Notre Dame's defense last year was very good uh, for the most part. They had a couple bad games that people like to use as holdups to why the defense wasn't good. Those are just the anomalies. The Notre Dame defense was actually quite good for most of the year last year. They played poorly against Florida State. They played poorly against Oklahoma State. They had some, and I would say they played poorly against North Carolina. Those are the three games I said they played poorly. I don't think they played poorly against Toledo. I mean, Toledo had a pick six in that game. And also, Toledo had just two big plays. Had a 67-yard pass and a 66-yard run. They really only had two plays. Dominated Wisconsin, completely shut down David Bell and Purdue. Held David Bell to minus 10 yards a catch, well over 100 yards for a dude that was going for like 120 a pop in just about every other game. Obviously, you you did a good job keeping USC in check. You dominated Stanford. You dominated Georgia Tech. You dominated Navy. I mean, just on and on and on and on. For the most part last year, they were a very good defense. The thing that we saw on Saturday is this version of the defense, at least for one game, was also very good at limiting the big plays that plagued them so much of last year. You had the one mistake on the on the zone blitz, the double safety blitz. But outside of that, the, I thought they did a pretty good job of limiting the big plays. Uh, now, let's see them be able to kind of go out and now finish more drives off. That's something I want to see. You know, didn't force any turnovers last week. I want to see, see more turnovers. You know, but I want to see the ball on the ground a little bit more from the other team. And that's what makes this one really interesting because – Marshall doesn't is is not great at getting into the red zone like red zone touchdown but then this is one of the weirdest stat lines I've ever seen. I you rarely see a team this much higher with their touchdown defense. So basically they must have had like the worst I'm going to look up their numbers. They must have had like the worst kicking situation in the history of high college football. <laughs> I, I didn't I was going to look at this earlier and I just I, I lost track of time and I wanted to see what their field goal situation was. They went 8 of 13 last year. Mm-hmm. on field goals so that would explain this but this is one of the ryan have you I've, i don't know if i've ever seen anything like this 
which you know like meaning like they well, they don't score much in the red zone but when they do <laughs> you know it's touchdowns you know what i mean it's a wild wild stat line for me Wait, it's touchdown or nothing in the red zone, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the big thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's, but I mean, this all is, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, all joking aside, just kind of take this from a different angle, Brian. Just like we already mentioned a little bit, but 25 turnovers for this offense, man. We were talking yeah. about Marshall. That is gross. That's absolutely yeah. gross. Because if you look at it, I mean, otherwise, it's like, okay, 33 points a game. Not terrible. Yards per game's nice. Look at that. 456 yards a game. You're like, okay, yeah. cool, cool. There's yeah. a lot of good numbers on this board, but then that one really deflates right. you, man. And not only that, not only deflates your offense, also the, we already talked about it, it deflates the defense a lot too, yeah. right? So that 25 force turnovers is bad. Man. Now really they got better in the second half of the year, but they mm-hmm. had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight games. They just turned it over at least twice. Oof. It was this how this how it went: three, 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 zero, six, two, two, and then they got a little bit better: zero, one, one, zero, two, two. So they got a little bit better down the stretch. The big thing is they stopped throwing interceptions in the second half of the year was a big thing. They threw 10 interceptions in the first six games and only five in the last seven games, which helped them. Uh, And, you know, and then look, Grant Wells was a very young quarterback. You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, he was a very inexperienced kid, you know, played a decent amount the year before, but he was, he was still young, you know, he was still inexperienced. And so he got better last year as the year went on put up really good numbers i mean because a guy that throws for 3500 yards should throw for more than 16 touchdowns that's like that th- i'm going to show this because this is weird so they they ranked 18th in the nation in passing yards but 80 for like 77 the touchdowns they ranked 65th last year nationally in rushing yards but fourth in touchdowns it the weirdest that's they weird. had some of the weirdest stat lines i've ever seen from a team <laughs> in my life now uh you know so just really and obviously i, I made a little bit of a, a mistake down here this should be third down defense and this is third down offense and and obviously this part's incorrect so forgive me i'll get that corrected next time but these are actually defensive stacks just statistics for Notre Dame. so but uh very this right here is, is troubling that right there is troubling but if you're Notre Dame. You were good at forcing turnovers last year, but now you got to prove yep. that you can be that way this year. Hundred percent, because they uh, they and there weren't really like like three balls on the ground that they just didn't fall on. There weren't any balls on the ground. The the, the only time I can remember them coming close to an interception was uh, or a turnover was Ben Morrison undercutting that in cut that he almost picked off, and it wasn't right. really that close to picking it off, but mm-hmm. you know it's the closest they came to picking it off. So I want to see them get the ball a little bit more in this game, Ryan. That's going to be a big key for me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash wire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, it, and another context is that you we can't assume that Marshall's going to be just this bad with turning the football over as well right. because they have a different trigger man, right? I mean, it, it's no longer Grant Wells, who's now at Virginia Tech. They have Henry Columbi, who is the transfer from Texas Tech, spent some time at Utah State before that. They also have a different running back than they had last year, right? Like right now, mm-hmm. Rasheen Ali is not a part of the program. They have Kalen LeBourne, who's kind of their bell cow to a degree, right? So there are different players also handling the football. So I, I I just don't want Notre Dame fans to look at this and say like, oh, they are just they're terrible with with the football. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they are t- a turnover uh, a heavy team. Last year, no doubt about it, you can make that assumption and you can look at that and just be like, yep, they turned the football over a ton. This year, we have to wait and see what they are in that regard because they again they have different people toting the rock than they did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the rushing, the ground attack. Now, this is interesting, Ryan, because they did lose their top runner, Rashim Ali. Yeah, Ali, but they also got Kalen LeBourne, who was at Florida State, was a former five-star recruit. I was actually there at the opening when he committed to Florida State, and he drove up in a Lamborghini. Do you remember nice. that at all? Uh, I drove up in a Lamborghini and uh, and and committed to Florida State. It was kind of funny and also like dear lord this is getting out of hand uh, all at the same time and uh you know so uh, talented kid just has never been able to stay healthy right well he yeah. had 100 yards in the opener against a, a school from his home state of of virginia he is a virginia kid obviously but there's going to be some athletes there ryan that you know the, the kid mm-hmm. pains a tough gritty you know, like LeBorn is a is a reclamation project from a power five team that you're hoping can be healthy. Ethan yep. Payne is like the prototype what you'd expect to see a running back at a place like Marshall. Is that number twenty eight? Is that yeah. number twenty eight? Yeah. yeah. Just a yeah. tough kid that, you know, was probably a really prolific high school back, but just, you know, not not a great athlete, you know, not a you know, just that try hard kid with good vision and feet and and that's kind of how it's gonna be. But well, well if he if if he's the guy I'm thinking of, then he broke he broke a long touchdown in, in yeah. that game against Norfolk he did. State. Usually so. won it, broke it back up the left sideline. Yes. Yeah. It's really yep. you know, again, Norfolk State's not very good. Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm but the one thing they do have is they have a pretty good size offensive line. Yes. And so I'm look, Notre Dame's defensive line de- defense struggled with pass pro, and mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter they couldn't stop the run. But they still were pretty good against the run against Ohio State for most of the game. And it's not like Ohio State didn't try to run. I've had students as well. You know, they they didn't stop the run once Ohio State tried. Uh, you weren't watching the same game I was watching. Like right. They tried to run the first half. Now that's just something that they got to do is they got to finish better. Right, you can't just say, "Well, we shut them down for two and a half quarters." Well, you got to shut them down for four because that's what was needed. And so, I think like the stat line last week for Ohio State is a little bit misleading on how well they played for a big chunk of the game. I do think they wore down a little bit. Well, now you're going against a Marshall offensive line that does have some. They're not super athletic, Ryan, outside of maybe no. Ethan Driscoll. 
That's mm-hmm. just, you know, I mean, he's a young kid, up and coming kid. I mean, yeah, it's DNA, baby. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, the other kids are more just try hard guys. You know, they're the Kane Madden types. You know, they did yep. lose. They're not a lot of experience, as you pointed out in your in your uh, inside look at Marshall offensive players today. Not mm-hmm. a lot of guys with experience. Try hard guys, but they're big and they they battle. They compete. Yep. They really. I mean, you saw it against Norfolk State. You saw it last year. I mean. These these kids at Marshall will will compete, and they will play yes. hard. And Notre Dame's offensive defensive line is going to be undersized. I need to see a, a team that's out there. We talked in the offseason, Ryan. This defense has to be more disruptive against the run. I think yep. that's the that even when they were playing well, that was a thing we still didn't see against Ohio State. Yeah, we didn't see those penetrations that were forcing minus twos and minus threes, and that was the troubling thing for me. On top of the finish. <laughs> We need to start mm-hmm. seeing that a little bit this week because this is not a real athletic line. And if this defensive line, which is undersized, isn't able to get penetration with somewhat consistency against this team, I'm going to be a little bit concerned about just how good this ground attack, this ground defense can be for Notre Dame this year. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment? No, nah, I agree completely because I was going to say, Brian, like there are a couple players on this offensive line that are really good players for their level of Marshall. I mean, I've talked about Ethan Driscoll, obviously, Trent Holler, they're Left guard is a former ECU transfer, so he's a decent football player. And then they have a Rutgers transfer as well that kind of mixes in on this offensive line. So it's not like it's no talent, but I agree with you. Outside of Driscoll, I think that there is not real much foot quickness in the, on this group at all. And I think that with what you have defensively, I mean, like Jason Adamolola, the the uh, the Howard Crosses of the world, like they need to have big days, man. They need to. I mean, they need to be able to split some gaps and make some plays and. That goes to Riley Mills, maybe just, you know, slanting inside and taking a gap. Like those guys need to have those penetration plays, Brian, because to your point, you're going to be facing some units here pretty soon, like the BYUs of the world that have a very good offensive line. And if you can't create penetration, it was like before when I talked about, you know, your, your ability to to if you're not able to from a offensive line perspective to push around a Marshall defensive line. It's the same thing here. If, If defensive line is not able to create some penetration and make some plays then I have trouble projecting that to happen against BYU. Right. I have trouble projecting that to happen against Andrew Voorhees. I have, project, right. I have trouble projecting that to happen against Jordan McFadden from, from yeah. Clemson, right? Like you need to win those matchups because I think it's an indicator of if things are trending in the right direction right. or if things are stagnant in that end. Because you can't say like the offensive line. What, if you wanted to look for excuses, if you're the person who's inclined for that, you could say, and there's a level of truth to this, Look, the offensive line, you had two guys against Ohio State that were playing positions they hadn't played in a while. All right, Josh Lug was a right tackle all of 2021. Zeke Carell was a guard all of 2021. Zeke's moves to center. Josh has moved to guard. You lost your All-American. You've got Andrew Kristoffick stepping in, who's a good player, but not Jarrett Patterson. You know, they hadn't only – they've only really – that unit's only been together for a couple weeks, right? And so, yeah, of course, you struggled against Ohio State. Okay, I don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't. But like, I, I, I think there's a little bit of a little validity to that in regard to the belief of I don't buy it as an excuse for Ohio State, but I buy it in that if this unit continues to play together, they will get better. If that makes sense, Ryan. So like, it's like okay, it's not good enough because this isn't moral victory time or excuse making time, but it gives me optimism that they're going to get better. You can't right. use that excuse on the defensive line. Howard Cross has played a ton of football. Jacob Lacey's played a ton of football. Jason Adamiola has played a ton of football. Isaiah Foskey, Riley Mills, Justin Adamiola, all those guys have played a ton of football. 
you can't Chris Smith's played a ton of football. You can't use that. Well, they're going to get better because as they get more experience excuse, this is one of the most experienced units you have on your football team. Yep. So they got to step up real quickly. Now, again, they played good, solid football against Ohio state, but I'm expecting more from that, from the defensive line. And they need to, they need to show that this week, the defensive line needs to come out really ticked off. This week, I want to see Jason Adamiola wanting to get like seven tackles for loss in his mind this week. Like, I am so mad that I didn't play like the star that I think I can be. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to see if Isaiah Foskey with a little P and V this week. You know what I'm saying? I want to see yeah. these guys play with a we didn't get it done when we need we're we think we're the best unit on the football team and we didn't get it done this weekend and then step up and really dominate this this Marshall front. If I don't see that, Ryan, I'm going to get a little bit concerned about the front. It's going to be good, but is it going to be the great unit that we think it can be and that it should be? That is more. Because, again, what are we referring to here, guys? I keep it all eight and four. If somebody said this, if they play like they did against Ohio State, it'd be eight and four. No, they won't because they don't play <laughs> Ohio State three more times. Yeah, They're still going to they're still gonna beat nine of the ten teams left on the schedule at least, right? But it that's not the standard. That's not the standard we're talking about here. The standard is you should be playing like one of the best defensive lines, not just a good top 25 defensive line. You're supposed right. to play like a top 10 off defensive line. And they didn't do that against Ohio State. And they need to do that against Marshall. And it it, it carries over into the pass thing. Because the one thing Marshall was good at last year was protecting the quarterback. That's where I'm curious how it, it translates now that they've lost so many guys. Because they lost, what, four starters on the offensive line last year? Right yep. now, they've had they had more than five played. Driscoll played last year. I mean, they had more more guys play, mm-hmm. but they lost four guys who started a chunk of their games last year. They were and the, the one returning on. starter is the center who I think started a little bit at guard as well. And he, I mean, he started like seven or eight games. So like mm-hmm. even he wasn't a full game, like it wasn't a full season starter, right? So like this is a relatively new unit. I mean, the yeah. right tackle and the center are the only two returning starters. I talked a lot about Ethan Driscoll, but. He's a first-year starter this year as a junior. Like, he's not a guy that, that – I mean, he played in 12 games last year, but he didn't start a single football game. Right. So, to your point, just kind of strength – you know, to reiterate it a little bit, is that, yes, this is an inexperienced unit, which if that was the number you gave up last year, that's – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Something's got to give. So, this matchup's intriguing too, Ryan, and and the the, the only one that to me carries over a lot is this one right here. I don't think this up here carries over a lot because Marshall's going to be a very different looking pass attack this year. Grant Wells was an athletic kid who had a pretty good downfield arm for that level. Would you agree with that? You know, he had some arm strength, arm talent, which is why he transferred to Marshall or to Virginia tech. Yep. The kid that they're replacing him with can't throw the ball very far or very hard, but what Mm -hmm. he is is really accurate and smart. And so Last year, they were a team that was really high on yards because they could hit some big plays, and they mm-hmm. had a quarterback could get the ball down the field a little bit, but they were really inefficient, as you can see mm-hmm. down here. I take away the interception part because I, I do think Henry Columbia turns the ball over a lot because he doesn't have a great arm. I expect this to be a much more efficient Marshall offense. We saw a little bit of that against Norfolk State. Now, look, I know it's Norfolk State, but, Ryan, I don't care who you're playing – when you go 24 of 26 as a pass as an offense throwing the football, that's really efficient. And I again, I don't care who you're playing. I mean, right. look, Bryce Young from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, was playing against Utah State last week, who 
barely beat UConn and he completed 64% of his passes, right? I mean, you know, he, he had a pretty good game. Let's, let's look at Miami, right? Miami played Bethune Cookman. They've got Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be a big time player. He completed 81.3% of his passes against them. Their backup quarterback, Jake Garcia came in and completed all eight of his passes. And as a team, they went 21 of 24 for 87.5%. Marshall beat that by five percentage points against Norfolk state. Again, Similar, Bethune-Cookman, Norfolk State, you know, similar level of competition. So I'm trying to put into context, completing 90, over 90% of your passes, I don't care who you're playing against, is really good. Now, a lot of it was really short, quick stuff. Yes. And it looked a lot different than what they were last year. And so the, it's just hard to look at the numbers, if we're being honest, and say they're translatable. So that's mm-hmm. why I don't want to spend a lot of time on this part of the matchup. Uh, we'll talk more about it tomorrow in the keys to victory because the pass game, pass defense is going to be important. But the yeah. one that I do think translates, Ryan, that is going to be intriguing to watch is the sacks and sacks allowed thing. Notre Dame's defensive line needs to come out a little bit ticked off on Saturday, to be honest with you, and just overwhelm Marshall. It needs to happen. That 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 that's the part from this that I'm gonna gonna be really interested to see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think, I think that's a, that's an overall theme, right? Cause we talked about that as, as far as getting tackle for loss numbers against this team as well. I think that the sacks is another big one, Brian, because we, we illustrated the offensive line is relatively inexperienced. Only two starters coming back talented at some points, but they're still very inexperienced. And, I like the offensive line versus defensive line comparison that you made from the from the previous game because the offensive line was was underwhelming and it was disappointing, but also we knew that there had there was growth that had to happen from last season, right? Defensive line wise, most of the offseason I was just kind of like, "Yep, it's going to be a good unit," you know, like it, it's it's going to be a really good uh, really good defensive line, probably a top five to ten national type of defensive line, and we didn't quite get that obviously against Ohio State, so. This is a big opportunity, I think. You know, I want to see tackle for loss numbers. I want to see sack sack numbers. I want to see just pressure numbers, man. Like I need to see Isaiah Super disruptive and Jason game. Adam come to come alive yep. in this game. Super disruptive yes. game. Tackles for loss, sacks, turnovers, break, pass breakups. I want to see the ball on the I, ground a lot in this game. And I, I also want to see Riley Mills because Riley Mills, I thought, had some really nice flashes against Ohio State. I thought he had some good pressures at, at points. I thought he, he was, was really the most... only guy of the starters that had any consistency getting after the quarterback I, in that game. Yeah, I, I was going to say that he was the most disruptive defensive line that Notre Dame had during yeah. that game, in my opinion. Right. So I want to see him t- go from that though to a star in this game. Right. Like I want right. to see that transition to the next step because. I, uh, he's a good play. He obviously had a good football game against Ohio State, at least the most uh, comparative to everyone else on the defensive line. But even you want him to keep progressing, right? Like this is a game of progression for me. Progression, f- progressing from underwhelming in the first game to good, from good to great. Everyone has to get better, obviously, in this type of game. And I think that that starts with the defensive line. To your point, 
So, Ryan, that is the statistical matchup between Notre Dame stacking up tomorrow. Well, Vince will be back tonight. Um, I may I may join him tonight for a little mailbag and a little impromptu. You know, they're going to do the Wednesday mailbag. I'm, I'm going to probably be Vince's guest tonight for the mailbag. He's working on trying to find somebody else. But if he doesn't, it'll be me. And most likely it will be me. So we'll be there tonight at 6 o'clock for the IB Nation Sports Talk Show. And we are going to have a mailbag here. So if you have some questions, we have about 10 of them starred so far. So if you have some questions or comments, you can ask us in there as well. Uh, but this is the, the statistical analysis of the game and breakdown of the game, which can be a little challenging this early in the year, Ryan. It, it really can. But I think it gives you some things uh, to at least look at these two teams and evaluate in that regard. And, and of course, we'll be back tomorrow with keys to the game, set, set Friday. We will have a Ryan's going to be sort of doing a road show on Friday. So he's going to be coming to us from his hotel uh, in Chicago because he is going to be flying into Chicago this weekend, uh, getting ready for the game. He will be at the game on Saturday. Uh, we still plan on tailgating. We're going to be in the stadium lot right in front of the stadium. So uh, I, I, I ponied up for some really good spots, everybody. So you'll you'll be able to <laughs> come over and see us over there. I'll let you know specifically uh, where we're going to be when we get there. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll let you know on that one. Uh, and of course, tomorrow or Friday, we'll also, so we'll do our game predictions on Friday of Notre Dame and uh, Marshall. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about how the game is going to go. But we also, Vince, or I'm just, it was opening up an email from Vince. Also, Ryan, because mm -hmm. uh, I just got Vince's predictions. We're going to be doing a preview and predictions for Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Kentucky, Florida, and BYU, Baylor. And then, of course, we're going to all pick our upset pick. I did. I got the Notre Dame game wrong last week, but I did get the other three. Uh, Ryan, I think you went two and two, two and last two. week. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean and Vince got the Notre Dame game correct. They both picked Ohio State, uh, but they then got the the BY or the uh, Utah Florida game wrong. So uh, we all did okay last week uh, for our predictions, and then we also got to pick an upset pick. And so we're, that's something we're going to do. That's going to be something we only do on the message board, though. We'll pick our upside up ups uh, our weekly upset picks which is an unranked team beating a ranked team or a team that's at, uh, at least a six-point underdog or more that we think is going to win. I picked uh, Arizona State or uh, Arizona to beat San Diego State last week straight up, not even just cover the spread, but straight up. I think they were six-and-a-half-point underdog. And if not for players just – I mean, just insanity of – because you picked Purdue. It's yes. just not for just terrible play calling down the stretch – by them, you would have got that right. I think Vince picked West Virginia to beat Pitt. If not for just receivers who cannot catch at all, uh, then he'd have got that one right. But that's oh, what no, makes college no. football so good. Pitt, that's what Pittsburgh makes was always going to so win, baby. Get Pittsburgh was always going to win. Get Keaton the heck out of your nonsense. Heisman, Get the heck out of your nonsense. You and your <laughs> Keaton Slovis love. Did you see? Did you see my? Did you see my uh, upset pick of the week though? I think it was. I haven't spicy. looked at yours yet. No, what oh, was yours? Yeah. Uh, for this week, yeah, we'll, put we'll, it out there already. We'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and have some fun with it. Vanderbilt over Wake Forest. Ooh, ooh, okay, <laughs> a spicy, okay, a spicy man. A spicy. Okay, now Sam Hartman going to play this week. I know he's back on the team, I'm but is he going to play this sure week? Not sure about that. But I'm right. Okay. I'm riding the hot hand and Mike Wright yeah. this week for okay. Vanderbilt. There you go. Interesting right. one. So that's going to do it for this part of the show. Don't go though, because we are going to have a mailbag. But if, before, if you are going to take off, or whenever you take off, or you know what, just do it now. Hit that like button, everybody. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit the notification bell and share this podcast. We would appreciate that very, very much. On uh, you know, if you're listening via podcast, give us a five star review. We would appreciate that as part of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs> Thank you.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.